Welcome back to NBTT, everyone. Hey. Um, Hello. We've got Omar with us today. We've got Prince, Estelle. Um, I'm greeting everyone with the blessings of the Lord. I hope um, everyone is doing well. If you haven't listened to the uh, Where Do We Stand series part one, uh, go back and listen to it so you could follow with us. So today, um, we're talking about... Um... Esther, what are we talking about today? I forgot. <laughs> Well, um, for me, this has one of been like, oh my gosh, English. This has been um, one of the key questions on my heart regarding um, how Black Lives Matter is going and, you know, obviously where we stand, hence the title. Um, And obviously, you know, with everything that happened with George and how, you know, complete outrage has spread across the world, um, we've sort of entered into a new phase of this movement i don't really know how to describe it other than it just being a new phase but um we've entered into a time where people are tired and you know people are angry and all previous efforts and you know the movement swelling yeah and suddenly and suddenly dwindling it sort of feels like we've entered into a new dispensation in the sense that the anger is still there. The fire is still there. The, the killing hasn't stopped. But, yeah, obviously, that hasn't stopped. Um, but we've now entered into a period where, you know, people said enough is enough. We can't yeah. keep marching and, you know, things aren't happening. So we've seen looting starting off um, in America. We've seen, you know, we've seen all these statues being pulled down by... I wouldn't say vigilantes, but by protesters Um, and all these things. And it's just got me thinking that, like, you know, people have said that, you know, we've prayed long enough and we've walked long enough. We've marched long enough. Like, this is the time to take, you know, serious action. And this serious action has equated into, like, stealing and, you know, things that are technically described as sins. So my big question for me right now is how do we like fit into that like you know all the all these protests and looting and all that kind of stuff do we have to be involved do we participate if we don't does that negate our position in the movement does that make us less effective um can you hear me am i good yeah yeah okay uh firstly in regards to the statues I think I, I think I, I I I pride myself on being a bit of an empath um, in regards to yes I'm black yes I've grown up in a black community in a black context text yes I've suffered under injustice but before my blackness I'm Christian not to say that my Christianity outweighs my blackness but I just mm. know that when I get to heaven my skin tone is not going to be the matter of fact it's going to be Christ <laughs> within me. So, due to that, my worldview is Christianity, not my blackness. Mm. And I just bleed that in with the scripture, Romans 12, too. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, Mm. but transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, when I'm seeing the statues being pulled down, although my black, my my justice, my vengeance, that part of me is like, yeah, go for it. I was then convicted afterwards. Wait, 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 what's going on? And... um, I started to put myself in the shoes of these people. Um, I had a conversation with my pastor about it. And he said to me, Omar, what do you think about the statues being pulled down? And I said, you know what? 
I was rooting for at first, but then I, I didn't know where I stood afterwards. And this is going to be very controversial, and I realise it's a sensitive topic because we've suffered injustice for a long time. But he said to me something very interesting. He said, Winston Churchill, in their eyes, is a hero, which is why the EDL were coming down to stand in front of Winston Churchill's statue. Mm. Yeah. It's not the slavery that it's not slavery that the, his statue is put up there. That's not the reason why his, his statue is put up there. His statue is put up there because of what he was able to do in the World War. Um, so when they see him, they see a hero. It's, it's not that they look at him through the lens of he was a slave owner, you know. Mm. So he was just like, look at that. Like he's a national hero to these people. Do you know what I mean? And he said, mm. if I was white, I'd probably stand up there saying, no, you're not doing it. So I, I guess I'm kind of just trying to see things from different perspectives right now in regards mm-hmm. to, you know, mm-hmm. the pulling down of the statues. Um, yeah, I guess I'm just really in a place of trying to put myself in other people's shoes. In regards to the looting and the riots, I don't agree with that. Not one bit. Not one bit. Yeah, mm. at all. I just want to pick up on the um, whole concept of, you know, the statues being pulled down. Because actually I did have a conversation with my pastor as well and as well because I come sort of from a history background um and I'm sure my friends that hear this are going to be like Estelle what the hell (laughs) (laughs) but um from a history perspective these are points and places of analysis these are um they are history I I don't really know how else to describe it but it's like it's a remnant of what has been mm-hmm. and if you erase that surely you're erasing the opportunity for um people who want to be educated and be like oh so who was this guy what did he do mm. because if we're taking those um statues down we are essentially erasing a part of history and surely isn't that part of our complaint that our history has been erased or not taught properly and i feel and this is where my pastor came in she actually made a very good point that um if you take those statues down how are people going to learn what they need to you know think about Mm. if they don't see these statues they'll never know what who the person is and you know what's behind them of course like the example of what happened in bristol um he was seen as a philanthropist and he had done so much for his community that's probably why he was you know put up but he was still a slave owner and you wouldn't know that if you didn't know his name like i had to even google his name before (laughs) i was like oh who is he that they took down because i had never heard of him yeah and i'm sure there are like other like not even just black people i'm sure there's plenty of white people who have never heard of him and if you take that away, you're raising the chance and the opportunity for somebody to learn. Yeah, but um, I've got a question. Um, in, in regards of these statues being brought down, like I get your points where you are saying that, um, you know, maybe people will not have the opportunity to learn about them. But if you go to Germany right now, they've removed every single statue that had to do with the Nazis. There's no Hitler statue. There's no... Uh, the Third Reich uh, symbols are not there anymore. The buildings have been destroyed. But still, people are getting the opportunity to learn about the World War II through movies, books, um, um, and many more um, um, ways. So I don't think it's necessarily to to have um, um, 
statues of slave owners uh, uh, in, in public because when somebody puts a statue of you out there it's because they're honoring you you've done something great that's why they put you out there and in regards to winston churchill um he basically helped europe with the comeback um, against the the nazis but at the same time too he uh um, I read um, he was responsible for a concentration camp in Kenya that killed millions of Africans. So it's a bit, you know, um, um, I don't know how to say this, but um, I understand the reason why people want to bring them down. Mm. We shouldn't use the. F- I don't think we should. It's it's fair to use the fact of um, because uh, we don't uh, will not have the opportunity to learn about them because if you go to germany right now there's no statue or anything that can give people the remembrance of um, the tatarag mm. i think that's a powerful point that you've made um even in the sense of being being from ghana myself you go to ghana and the way that we would hear about our traditions and stuff was all orated it was always stories passed down and passed down and passed down it's the same thing that was done with the bible it was spoken mm. and spoken yeah. and spoken. there was no statues there was the ark of the covenant and different things but the stories were still very much real that were Brilliant. passed down to the people so i don't really think the statues i i, I really hear you with that point bro um also i really feel these statues have become idols to people yeah you know and I, yeah i feel like it's really taken a lot of people's focus and concentration right now um and i think that's an issue as well that may need to be tackled why has the topic of statues become so highly prioritized <laughs> is is my question so many people are going to th- hear this and think that i'm being like super cynical but this is literally just like mm-hmm. my point of view <laughs> especially from an analytical background as well what background an analytical background oh analytical background (laughs) right okay okay so then let me ask you what are your views about this whole thing that's been going on in the news about taking down depictions of jesus what do you think about that taking down depictions of jesus where oh what in terms of like removing the idea of white jesus Uh, yeah exactly I think it's it's quite hard, um, especially, and I've always had this like um, growing up in terms of the fact that Christianity as a whole, like Christianity as a whole, um, sort of got, I can't remember where I heard this, but basically got rebranded somewhere in like the 1500s or something. I can't remember. Um, and basically the Catholic Church had, you know, made christianity white so that's when all the white depictions of jesus and all that kind of stuff came out but i think to completely remove white like if i say white jesus i think it's a bit of a stretch i I don't know like why everything has to be so divisive because it's like at a certain point it becomes our history is more important so we have to remove those remnants mm. um and yeah why can't both images of jesus coexist there's no right image you know mm. obviously none of us were there so we won't know mm. um if they want to depict a white jesus that's what's going to help them connect with the image that they have in their mind to help 
you know, connect with the Holy Spirit and to connect with Jesus and to connect, connect with God. Yeah, yeah. If you're secure, and I don't, I don't want to be like, you know, abrasive about what I'm saying, but if you're secure in your Christianity and the way you feel with your faith, an image of God shouldn't have to matter. Like, let's even take our, you know, Muslims and Islam into account in this situation. For them, God is so holy that they don't even, they wouldn't dare trying to, you know, create a human image of him because he's so sacred to them. Uh So I don't know why for us images are so, like, images shouldn't be so key and so fundamental to the way we picture Christ and we picture our faith. Like the Holy Spirit is there. He's within us. So why are we relying on images to tell us who he is? That's good. And who he should be. That's you know? good. That's good. That's good. I've, I've like growing up, I've never, in my mind, he's almost faceless. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's like, I know he's there and I don't need an image to, connect me to him and i think that's come as i've grown obviously as a child like you know you see the pictures and the picture bible and you know your kids bible and that's just the image that they've given you but as i've grown up i'm not like when i'm praying i'm not trying to imagine an image of god i'm just praying knowing that he's there but a lot of people grew up with a certain image of jesus christ that he was white because and uh, if I go to my uh, my desk and I go and remove some of these old uh, children Bible stories, the Jesus I saw in those books were all white. Yeah, you get me. And it's because I don't know if it's because we're living in the uh, we live in the West, so everything is let's say whitewashed. But think about it in this way: if that's how slaves thought. Okay, so I'll use the example of Nate Turner. Um, Nate Nat Turner <laughs> Nat Turner you can just search on him but just a brief history so he was a preacher so he knew how to read the bible and yeah. slave owners would basically pick him and um, say go around and preach to the other like um, this was in Virginia go around and um, speak to the other plantations to make sure that those slaves get in line but I don't think they had an image of white Jesus because I was watching this film, so it's called The Birth of the Nation, 2016 version, not the 1913 or 1920 version, whatever. Um, And you can see that they believe in God so much. There was a scene where um, they were like, we're going to wait for God. We're going to wait for a sign from God before we start this rebellion. And um, what had happened that day was that there was a solar eclipse. So the uh, the moon had gone over the sun and they had taken that as their sign to go. Which I guess could be like, oh, the black overtaking the white and that's the image. But for me, the way I understand it is that they didn't have this white image of Jesus and God. They just had this image of God. A God that loved them so much that at some point he would liberate them. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think, and if you think about it now, spirituals, you know, the classification of gospel songs that came out of um the slave period and segregation period like we shall overcome that was um from the civil rights you have those types of songs that 
it's so deep. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe it because when you hear those types of songs, like, you can tell that the appreciation and the pain of everything that they've gone through it but it's just rooted in their love for god and their hope and their faith and their trust that mm -hmm. whatever will happen god will liberate them from it yeah so yeah. I, d i don't think that you know this image of white jesus that you know um slave owners tried to enforce on them and progressing into the wasps of america um i don't think black people ever felt oppressed by that image um, and felt that you know white jesus was pushed onto them and that's the kind of jesus that they have to pray to yeah um i wanted to chime in on that as well um so when you look back in the bible and you look at like the children of israel like in the early stages old testament yeah. we saw that because they hadn't seen god they kind of made up idols for themselves mm -hmm. And I feel like it's a bit similar to this whole white Jesus concept. I feel like it's, it can it can be compared in a way. And I also believe that I personally think this statue thing is actually a distraction because I don't think it's the actual image, like the physical image of Jesus that's actually the danger, but it's rather the actual like description of who Jesus is like, because even jesus said many christs will come so out here we have people that are preaching a jesus that's not the jesus of the bible he sounds just like him but it's not him mm. and now people are worrying about pulling down statues rather than pulling down the strongholds that people are building it's it's mm. a big distraction and it's, it's it's almost like it's been dragged from the slave traders oh let's get rid of this now And then they're going to find something else which is, you know, been put out as white and said, oh, let's drag this down as well. And mm -hmm. I, I feel like in, in a, like, looking at it from a bird's eye view, it just looks like, div like divisiveness. It, like, it looks like people are trying to cause division. And that's a device of Satan, like, to be divided. Mm. I feel like a lot of things that are being brought up are true and yeah like I, i'm black myself so i'm gonna say that it does hurt me to see these things and it does awaken like an anger in me but let's just let's think about about in the heart of an unbeliever when they see these things like a black unbeliever what kind of emotions does that wake up in them exactly like, you're trying to cause them to hate white people because i don't think that's what jesus wants and mm. i don't think that will do anything good to justice anyway mm. but yeah I want to address that whole concept of, um, you know, hating white people. And this is kind of moving into um, something else. But just thinking about... Um, and so sort of going back to this whole concept of looting and um, anger and stuff. Um, and what our response should be. Um, we've been hearing a lot about how, like with all the rage that's going on, it's finally time that we should speak the language of the oppressor. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's good. Um, I was at the protest and I went to go lend my strength um, for more reasons than one. And when I was out there, I saw that the people were shouting out messages like F Boris, F Trump, and they were spreading a lot mm -hmm. of violence. <laughs> they were spreading a lot of violence basically 
and they were shouting out silence is violence and all of this type of stuff and when i read the bible i see with the same measure that you judge you'll be judged with so when mm. people are saying silence is violence and they're basically pushing people to protest because if you're silent then you're complicit or you're compliant your words are violent as well when you're shouting out those very same things you're inciting violence with your words so with the same measure that you judge you'll be judged with so when i was out there i was very grieved because I'm not there to jump on the bandwagon of what other people are doing. I'm there as a kingdom ambassador to try and bring light to that kind of thing. So the Bible president is that we as light go into the darkness to expose its fruitless deeds, as Ephesians would say. Mm -hmm. So we don't join on the bandwagon, but we come and we implement purity, basically, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I was there, and when the people were doing this, uh, that scripture came to me where Jesus said he saw the crowds and he had compassion for them. Because they were like they, they were helpless and hopeless and sheep without a shepherd. And I was like, it, it's clear here that there was aimless chance, there was aimless purpose. Um, it, it just didn't make sense to me. So in that moment, I stood up and I literally got a megaphone. And I, I, I in that moment, began to kind of orchestrate <laughs> in a very <laughs> weird way. I saw it. You saw the video. Yeah, I started yeah. orchestrate um, just the crowd and really riled them up so that they're no longer shouting the wrong message, but they're shouting a message about changing the system. I think that's the power that we have right now. Um, unfortunately, I've had a lot of conversations with many Christians in this week, and I don't know where you guys stand on this as well, but the Black Lives Matter manifesto doesn't necessarily equate with christian beliefs um so a lot of what i've seen is a lot of christians are taking down their black lives matter posts because they don't agree with them because the black lives matter movement affirms lgbtq plus etc and all that type of stuff so i'm like mm -hmm. wait hold on my mind is this right here's my mind if jesus drew a line in the sand and said he who's without sin cast the first stone who are we to condemn secondly mm. As the, as the bible says this, the bible says this god sent his son not into the world to condemn the world but that the world would be saved through him mm -hmm. so mm. jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world so who are we to condemn the world yeah mm. and, and, and if the son of god was the only Stop. one that was right to throw a stone at mary in that moment and he didn't throw a stone but said go and sin no more who are we to pick up stones and throw mm. matter of mm. fact if the scripture says this yeah the scripture says this, I can't remember if it's what, what epistle is in, but it says this. Um, what business is it of mine judging those outside of the church? Shouldn't we judge those inside of the church? God, I'm shaking. God Sheesh. is the judge of those outside of the church. So if they're already walking in condemnation, and if they're already on their way to, on their way to hellfire, who are we to continually condemn them to hellfire? Mm. <laughs> do, you, do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so what's our stance here then our stance is this we don't pull people into the kingdom by condemning them there's a big difference between condemning and convicting please tell them a very big difference so when you're out here shouting out hellfire on the street corners i understand what you're trying to do but you're not spreading the right message that's why everyone feels like these evangelists are just doing too much on the street corners too much oh god we we, we need to realize what we're doing and this is where we come to implement the kingdom into these protests into these things if we're carrying the right message if we see the image of god if we realize we all came from one man adam and we realize that we're black, but we all came from one man, Adam, and we all have that bloodline. 
And from the one breath, when God breathed into Adam's soul, and we're all living off that one breath. If all of us are living off that one breath, and we all came from Adam, then us as Christians have a worldview that's different to the Black Lives Matter that's trying to racially divide. We can come into that and bleed in something that's so pure and something that's so great without having to pick up arms, without having to do anything crazy. So my stance is, I believe the church need to be involved in this. I don't, think, I, I don't think that we should be holding back and allowing it to just run, run amok. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's, that's my stance. I don't know if I answered what you were saying, though, but <laughs> that's my stance. No, I love it. And um, I was doing some reading up quite a while ago um, with all of this, and um, I read the most beautiful quote, and it basically said that um, Black Lives Matter offers a prophetic voice that calls the church to a renewed sense of vocation and mission. And obviously we were talking about um, in our last episode how Jesus literally said his message was to free the oppressed. Mm. And um, it just gets me thinking about, like, so I spoke, um, I did, like, a lengthy investigation on Black Lives Matter in my dissertation. And I was talking about the fact that in essence, the, the purpose of Black Lives Matter has sort of been skewed in how we've taken it to just be about police brutality and those who die from police brutality. Mm-hmm. But as Omar, you said, um, when you really look into detail about what Black Lives Matter mean, it means to confirm the lives of every single black person, mm-hmm. whether you're disabled, LGBTQ, like whatever. And... Um, And I've been thinking so much about this, about how a lot of Christians are quite judgmental in the sense that they forget that whilst, yes, there are many sins that are, you know, stated in the Bible, but calling out somebody's sin doesn't make you a better saint. Come on. Um, Being judgmental and vindictive and holier than thou is equally as much as a sin as you know whatever is described as a sin and being hateful isn't the message that god has so if there are christians that are you know deciding for themselves that oh well if if black lives matter also means to confirm the lives of lgbtq then how 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 dare i support such a movement no because Jesus's message was that anybody who is oppressed, I am here to free them. Yeah. After that, whatever happens is between them and God, and it's 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 not for us to decide what happens between them and God. It's it's our 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 goal and our purpose and our mission is at least to bring them into the love of God. Anything that happens after that is between them. If they want to have a conversation with us about, okay, so where do I go from here? That's cool, but it's not for us to decide. You know. <laughs> the terms of their relationship powerful <laughs> absolutely powerful uh, omar i've got a question for you yes bro now when um so like today we we're going to talk more about the can we participate in being militant or when it comes to activism like taking up arms and stuff mm-hmm. um let's say let's go back to um 1939 um europe gets involved in the world war ii um, the Nazis taking over uh, European countries and they're becoming oppressors all over the, the continent. Now, uh, what what would you have done as a Christian 
in 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 that period because now um i know it's a whole different time so i'm focused on the whole um can we take up arms in certain situations like what are we supposed to do like um oh i've got something so good for this but omar flow <laughs> like um, omar flow <laughs> um, yeah i wanted to know that what 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 would you have done or what what would christians have done in a time where we either choose the side of the oppressor or we fight because during the world war 2 there was you couldn't go and protest against hitler there was no such thing as peaceful protesting like it was either jail or death so what 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 would you have done because now you're talking about as a christian you're not allowed to you know take arms but in christianity has been there for a long time so i want to know what would you have done all right you know um let's say i was in bed with my wife for example and i was sleeping and then i wake yeah. up and i wake up and i see a man with a knife next like above her head and he's about to stab okay. her do you think in that moment i'm going to just let him do it absolutely not absolutely not when it comes to self defense i believe we have a right to defend ourselves i believe we have a right to defend our wives and that's my stance i don't see it in the bible but this is me as a human being now this is me as a man this is me as a protector of my household personally yeah. I will defend my wife, my children, my household till my dying my dying breath. And that's me as a person, Ten times. right? Ten times. That's me as a person. And whoever wants to throw the bible at me in that moment, they can throw the bible at me. It's cool. That's between me and God in that moment, but that's how that's my stance as a man, right? Yeah. And again, I'm right. going to say it again. I don't see that in the Bible. I'm just speaking for myself. This is me saying it. You're speaking yeah. for me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, cool. Because it's the same, like, I can't even explain it. Like, if you come to me and want to speak to me about my brides, do you think I'm just going to be there like, oh yeah, go and talk about my girl? Like, no, it's just not happening. Do you God know what I mean? It's just, it's just not happening. So, go on, brother. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just giving that as my basis. So, if, yeah. if it comes to defending the country um and my only option is to go to war for my country I, what's that movie there's an amazing movie of this guy who went to war and, did, um, and didn't shoot hawks or reach hawks or reach exactly. yes that that's what i was coming to talk about amazing that movie it was so is good i haven't watched it that that well, movie bro, I say this, you need to watch that movie it's need, really really good you need to watch that movie that it's guy really there is inspiring it's like, a very good example yeah. of how you can be involved in war and what's beautiful about that story is that he really fought and he stood by his faith mm-hmm. um so for anybody who wants to know what hacksaw ridge is about it's <laughs> basically a it's based on a true life story i've forgotten the guy's name but um don't spoil it for me i haven't watched it please <laughs> <laughs> okay basically it's about a christian that wants to go to war um so i'll leave it there um but it's very powerful in the sense that he fights for his faith yeah he did and in the end he succeeded it's beautiful absolutely but, beautiful but i want to say something okay um prince hasn't watched the hulk storage movie yet. oh prince man you're just holding us you back see, okay um, <laughs> um let, let, let's say um for me yes you uh go and watch hacksaw ridge <laughs> this <laughs> evening after please we beg <laughs> i've got i've got work in the am i don't know if i can do that you know <laughs> after tomorrow we'll, uh, we'll come and ask for your notes okay no hold on hold on so Okay, Omar, so you, you lot have already watched the movie. Now, um, we need to understand that it, it, that situation couldn't be applied to every Christian right Absolutely. now. Let me tell you something. Um, 
I've always wanted to say this because I've had this conversation with numerous people who say yeah, you should never take up arms, you shouldn't join the army and stuff. Um, like I said, during the World War Two, there was no way you could go and do peaceful protesting and telling Hitler to leave. Your <laughs> Where country. is the question? No <laughs> um, Hitler um, um, couldn't be stopped with prayers. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Not alone. He had to be stopped with force and prayers at the same time. Churches were heavily involved in the World War Two. They were sheltering. They were sheltering um, British uh, spies. Spies from the United States, uh, resistance army. They were sheltering guns, hiding guns. Um, you know, uh, they did a lot of stuff. So the church itself was heavily involved during the World War Two, and uh, the whole Hawks Reed movie. You know, he was blessed to have gone through that moment. But yeah. it doesn't speak for every Christian. Mm-hmm. I think there are times where we have no choice than to pick up arms. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I think even when you see how Paul speaks to, like, he speaks about uh, authority. He says how the rulers above you they don't hold swords for no reason. They're God's servants, and they're they're God's servants to bring wrath and punishment to someone who does wrong. So Paul acknowledges that the police system back then held swords. When you look at uh, which story is it? Is it? Philemon is the sh- one of the shortest letters in the epistles. Uh, Philemon had a, a servant named Onesimus, and he was actually going to punish this person very badly. But Philemon was a uh, Christian, and he was still punishing his servant. So back then, there was a specific way that you could be as a Christian uh, within your your legal rights um, with the people that you had around you. So I don't know how I would operate in the 1930s under the World War. Um, but I do know this: that God is a God of many ways, and He was a God. Yeah. Of, he was a God of war as well. Yeah. Now this is going to be very controversial because you lot love God as love, and God is love, and God is this, and God is. Yeah, that. but He's I, always talking about how there's going to be a war in the end. So I mean, <laughs> so, so this is what I'm saying. God, <laughs> we have to accept it. God, God, God in and of Himself, His His description, the best description for God is God is holy. It's not love because if I say God is love, atheists say God is love, so He loves me just the way I am. How can a yeah. loving God send someone to hell? It's not the best description mm. for who God is. God is holy. The, holy. A- the angels say He's holy, holy, holy. It's the it's the it's the best description word. So His justice, His love, all of that falls under His holiness. So in His holiness, there's judgment. God has judgment in His holiness. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. if it what what I'm getting at with that is that God has multiple. I guess descriptive words for him and one of those is God is a God of war he's a man of war and when you look at how he was in the Old Testament so many people were slain by who God was do you know what I but mean? that was yeah. his form of you know executing justice so <laughs> yeah exactly that was his way of executing justice so if today we have a justice system that's all come from who God is we, we receive that because of God do you know what I mean the way that we handle yeah. justice today I don't, bro. I don't know how to answer it, bro. I'm on the fence with this one. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't even lie to you, bro. I'm trying. Yeah. To, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure it out as I'm talking here, yeah, but it's not. It's, it's not coming to me, bro. I think it's I just prefer, not a straightforward answer. <laughs> okay, then. then. Okay, hold on. Okay, God. Uh, now, um, going back to all you said, then what? Then isn't this looting and chaos and violence? Isn't this also a way to? Um, it, it, is, is there not a way where something good? Is gonna come from no. change. Like maybe thou shall not no. steal, Frieden. No, no. No, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about this stealing in general, but I'm talking about the whole chaos in general. Because example, when the World War II happened, yeah, what came out of the World War II? 
we had the whole European Union. It was set up with the aim to end frequent and bloody wars between neighbors. Mm-hmm. You get me? So I'm thinking to myself, um, if people did not go on the streets in Minneapolis, I don't think the officers would be in jail right now. Yeah, but they went to the streets and marched. No, but okay, there's a difference because peaceful protests. Do you know like... who started all the fires and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> Antifrost. <laughs> no, it was the police. At certain places, yes. But there were <laughs> there were certain videos I saw where you know uh, uh, black people uh, uh, looting. But I'm just trying to state the fact that. What if it's the same? Maybe it had to happen for them to open their eyes because when you do peaceful protesting, most of the times these powers don't listen. It's like, oh, okay, another peaceful protesting. But when you start, you know, going for their pockets, their money, that's when they start, they start to listen. I think, I think, I think, I think riots have a place in history. Riots have definitely accomplished a lot, um, yeah. but peaceful that doesn't mean that peaceful protests haven't accomplished course, more yeah, peaceful yeah. protests have actually accomplished more than riots have um if yeah, you actually yeah. look through history uh even with the how the how the how the pharisees were with with uh Pilate, they used to like literally protest for days and fast for days outside of Pilate's court trying to get him to not go into the temple and do certain things so they actually swayed the romans hands by actually just peacefully throwing sackcloth and ashes over themselves you know what i mean and if we carried on with that the civil rights movement in and of itself was peaceful although dogs bit them and they were hosed down by water hydrants and whatnot it was a peaceful march malcolm x brought the gun well let me not say the guns but like you know what i mean the arms the more and militant, whatnot. Yeah, yeah he brought he brought all of that but martin luther king had a, it was justice it was peace it was no we're not going to pick up arms no we're not going to fight violence with violence and they accomplished so much and obviously it was after his death and whatnot yeah. but still accomplished um so riots definitely have a place but i don't i don't know if that's the be all and end all. i don't know if that's what we should be doing and furthermore here's the powerful thing about what that police officer done that's kicked it off there's a thing called crowd psychology yeah yeah. Crowd, yes. <laughs> crowd psychology is so deep. Stop it! Stop it! Calm down! Stop it! Stop it! Calm down! Stop it! Calm down!